Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Full Court Press has the latest news and opinions from men's and women's college basketball. Our hosts are John Fanta, who calls games all around the country for Fox Sports and others, and Kim Adams, an analyst for Fox and ESPN, and a former D1 baller who never saw a three-point opportunity she didn't like. If you don't believe me, check her Twitter page. Take it away, guys. It's Full Core Press with Fanta and Adams on Monday, May 11, 2020, as we record the day following... Mother's Day. John Fanta here on the west side of Cleveland. Kim Adams is in the Hamptons. <laughs> Long Island. <laughs> Must be nice. What'd you I'm do with in... mom for Mother's Day? <laughs> we don't I hate when people I'm not in like the bougie Hamptons right now, okay? I'm in I'm in Long Island for a little bit with some family. Okay, uh-huh. so let's not get the wrong ideas here. But yes, it's it's been very nice. Um, as people who have been listening for, I'm in Philadelphia, living there now. Um, so my family and I had all been self quarantining for for weeks on end. Um, so we were able to get together, most of us, for a couple of days here in New York. So that was really nice. But yeah, shout out to my mom Sue. It was a nice Mother's Day. Uh, her, my dad, and brother. Played a little golf. I'm not quite on the golf train. I am, you know, slowly but surely maybe pick it up here and there. So I kind of, you know, got to work out and relax while they did that. Um, but then we had a nice family dinner together, some good Italian food, which I know you always approve of. But yeah, it was a really nice Mother's Day. Just great to be with family for the first time in months. Um, and a lot of people know my mom, Sue, played a big part in my basketball career she was a great player herself uh, all american at my high school white plains played at william and mary and then she was my high school coach at white plains where we had a really successful program um so basketball family kind of always interrelated when when you talk adam's family um but it was really it was awesome to be with her and the family how were things with your mom out there awesome women woman out in cleveland yes my mother molly we had a great Mother's Day, with the exception of the food pickup. So mom loves Olive Garden, so I call up Olive Garden, and, and I called them up last Tuesday. So Kim, I planned. I planned for Mother's that Day That is impressive. Dinner. I slacked <laughs> yes. a little bit because I didn't get a cake because they weren't taking orders. So kudos to you for that advanced planning. Well, it didn't matter. I drove oh, no. into the parking lot at the North Olmsted Olive Garden, and it was full of cars. The whole lot was filled with Ugh. people, pan- like a Black Friday for pasta <laughs> and chicken. What about breadsticks? And, so, and, so, and, of course, all the breadsticks. So then it starts pouring rain. No. <laughs> and they say to people, hey, you can come on inside and wait for your orders to come out. Well, that was a bad oh, idea. Oh, God. No social We've distancing. Got, no, no social distancing is going on. Now people are mad about about that. 
and they come on and say, hey, we're two hours behind on oh orders. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I didn't get my pasta and chicken You had and Mother's Day steak. breakfast this morning. <laughs> <laughs> we, we sat down to eat Mother's Day dinner at 8 o'clock. And my mom, who's like the nicest lady in the world, can you, you know her, so you know how she She's is. She goes, great. she goes, I'm just so sorry that you had to sit oh. all that and wait for the <laughs> And I go, Mom, I think about the fact that you had four kids, not to give out too much information, but it's true, four C-sections. You had all that pain in the hospital. You went through all that. I said, I could wait two hours for a Mother's Day dinner. Was it at least warm when you got the food Was or had it been yeah. sitting there? So I ended up talking to the general manager and I said, what's it going to take? Because you are ruining Mother's Day for me. Ooh. And he said, we'll get right on it. So I was testy. I pushed. You know what it's like when I get angry and that GM was not going to mess around. I I think this is now the full court press podcast brought to you by unlimited soup, salad and breadsticks and pasta <laughs> from Cleveland, Ohio, Olive Garden for free. <laughs> That's what I. That's the deal. (laughs) Let's transition to basketball. We have Cole Anthony, the North Carolina Tar Heel, former Oak Hill star. He declared for the NBA draft. He's coming up in a couple of moments. Kim, the NBA draft process is a mystery. We simply don't know when things are going to be. What's your take on this fluid situation? And if you're a prospect here. You played the game. Like, what? what's going through your mind right now? Yeah, it is such a stressful time. I think I think probably what I would be most kind of stressed out about if I were a player going through this process is just not feeling like you're in peak condition, peak skill set. Um, that would be stressing me out because that's something that, that you just can't control. And, you know, everyone's in the same boat. But here you are, you've been working, working at this goal for your entire life. And when you approach the NBA draft, you want to be playing the best you've ever played. You want to be in the best physical condition you've ever been in. And now that's not possible. That's just, it's not, it's not possible right now, John, because of the situations. Maybe some players, prospects may have access to a hoop in their driveway, um, maybe some other creative underground ways. But for the most part, these prospects don't have a court, don't have a basket, they don't have weights, and it's just, it's so strange. Not This has never happened before. Um, so I think they almost have to become comfortable with the fact that, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then it's it's different for the organizations as well, because, you know, there's there's the top 10 picks, top 15 picks, you know who they are you know, you're, you're going to draft them regardless, but how about the late first rounders, the early second rounders, people you're not quite sold on yet. And, and you don't have the opportunity to see them at a combine to meet them face to face in a one-on-one interview, see how they speak, see what's important to them, get to know their character. Like we will get to know Cole Anthony a little bit in this interview coming up. Um, so there are just so many question marks and it's going to be interesting to see what the NBA chooses to do in the coming months will there be any sort of combine that's thrown together or is everything going to be based off of film from the college season so it's just there's so many question marks for players um, for NBA organizations for head coaches right now John well how is one of those prospects handling such a fluid situation we've got one for you 
He could be argued as the most polarizing prospect in the NBA draft class. When will the draft be? Well, that's still up in the air, but Cole Anthony will be a part of it. North Carolina Tar Heel after his freshman season declaring for the draft, and he's joining us now on Full Core Press with Fanta and Adams. Cole, I'm curious here, as you think about where we're at, it's a period of unknown, and players are doing a lot of different things to try to go through the NBA draft process, to try to stay fit, but these are uncharted waters. One thing that we've learned about you is that you actually watched this past North Carolina season. I know you missed 11 games, but you watched tape of the season which you said was a really tough season for you to have to go through. What did you gain from watching it back? Um, well, one of the most valuable things you can do in basketball is just watch film. It's just because the game is 95% mental. So going back and being able to see yourself play from a different perspective, is it's just it's, it's so valuable just to be able to do that. So watching this, all this film just gave me opportunity to really see like what I could have done differently this season and just what I could have done better. Like, and even like showed you what I did well. So it's just, it just really shows you and just what like you could have done better and just um, how to really improve on yourself. What's the area that you see as the main one that you want to improve upon and want to be able to say to different teams that are looking at you, hey, I know I can get better at this, and I'm going to try to zone in on it to take my game to the next step. Um, well, I think the main thing is just um, decision-making. That means that taking better shots, um, making better passes. It's just it's, it's something that I need to get better with. And I take full responsibility for making these mistakes during the season. And um, it's just something I'm going to have to get better at. And the more film I watch, I feel like it's just going to help me get better at it. And Cole, you mentioned during this time being able to watch a lot more film, which is a great tool. Um, But just what else have you been able to do or what haven't you been able to do um, when it comes to trying to still develop skill-wise right now? And also just staying physically in shape. Just what have you been able to do uh, during these crazy times? Um, it's been rough, especially being in New York, to be able to continue to develop uh, skill-wise right now. But that's why I've just been trying to do so much, so much mental training, whether it's just image training or just watching that film. But besides the um, film, I've just been really trying to get my push-ups in, doing my sit-ups, doing a bunch of ab workouts, because that's about as much as I could do right now. So that's just really been a point of emphasis for me. Absolutely. And just uh, reflecting a little bit more on your one season at UNC, I know it was, you know, a season of ups and downs, the injury, um, some really tough losses, but just looking back, kind of what are a couple of, of positives that you will take from that one year of development as you get ready to enter the next level? Um. Well, I think one of the best ways to grow is to go through adversity. And I'd say this is easily without one of the toughest seasons I have, whether it was the, all the injuries we had as a team or in just the, in the the losing record of the season we had. So just going through that adversity, I feel like will make me, not just me, but everyone on that team, a better person and just a better basketball player. So that's one. And then two is just the relationships that were built there, whether it's relationship with the coaches 
or the relationships with all my teammates this year. Those guys are my brothers, and we'll be my brothers for the rest of my, our lives. And I will definitely stay connected with all of them, definitely stay connected with all the coaches. I was actually on FaceTime with Coach Williams yesterday. Trying to, wasn't really for him. I was trying to uh, wish um, his wife a happy Mother's Day, but, you know, I, I talked to him a little bit, too. How much did it resonate with you? I assume just like pretty much every hoops junkie, you've been watching The Last Dance. But when Roy Williams was on talking about North Carolina and the fit that it was for Michael Jordan, how much did it kind of hit close to home for you of how UNC was for you? Um, well, I have to say this real quick. I have not watched The Last Dance yet. I'm wow. I'm waiting to binge watch it. I'm waiting to get it later. Let me, let me explain myself. I'm waiting to binge watch it. <laughs> but as I've been told, I, I talked to Coach Williams yesterday, and he said that he doesn't recommend binge watching because it doesn't, give, it doesn't give you full time to process everything. So I'm now going to start watching them. I'm probably going to start watching it tonight, give myself a few days in between each one. But, um... So, yeah, that's been the main thing. I really wanted to just – I'm really big into binge-watching shows. But since Coach Williams said I probably shouldn't do that, I'm going to start watching this straight up. I got to say, I, I am shocked. I thought for sure you'd be tuning in regularly, but it's good to know that you're going to jump into it and that Roy recommended that for you. And, and bouncing off that, Cole, it's been reported that the NBA G League has plans, and, and they've put it out there, to give players an opportunity to get paid as opposed to going to college, have a one-year program with the G League that then can channel them into the NBA draft, but to have that one year to make money and to benefit financially. If this were in place a year ago, would you have given thought to going to the G League? Um, I think I might have possibly considered it, but I doubt that that's how it's going to move for me. I think that's probably a move for some kids who might be in a, a different situation financially, but at, with me and my family, I'm very financially secure. I don't have to I'm not, I don't have to help my parents out with anything at the moment. So I think getting that year of a, um, experience and just being able to get that year on a Coach Williams or even for some other kids going to a different coach and learning from them for a year, I think that's invaluable experience. So I don't think that would have been the move for me. And Cole, you mentioned Mother's Day was yesterday, and a lot of people in the basketball world, you know, they know your dad, Greg. Um, but your mother is a boss. She's a lawyer. She's an author. She's a filmmaker. Um, so just in the spirit of Mother's Day, what sort of impact has your mom, Crystal, had on your basketball journey? Um, she's just the mom who's been there every single step of the way through the ups, through the downs, has just been the most supportive person in my life. I mean, she's just always there, always one phone call away. She came out to see me at UNC several times this year just to make sure I was okay, whether when I was sick, when I, when I was having my surgery. She was just always there with me every step of the way. So I just, I have nothing but appreciation for her. And it's just, I couldn't ask for a better mother. Awesome. Um, just going, going back across your career, what, what would you say is your favorite dunk that you've had in a game? It could be, it could be this year. It could be back <laughs> to the high school days. Just what is a really memorable dunk for you? Oh, my favorite dunk. Let me think in a game. So you got to keep reminding everyone you've got the bounce. He's a point guard, but he can get up. 
to have it. I definitely, I definitely have it sometimes. I just, you know, sometimes I don't, I don't be liking the dunk just because I, I feel like I'm going to miss sometimes, so I'll just shoot and lay it up. But I'd say my favorite dunk had to be at Oak Hill last year. Um, I, I got a steal on an inbound, came down, just caught this windmill off one foot. That was pretty dope. As a matter of fact, I had, I'm gonna change it. It has to be on senior night last year. Okay, we had um, we were, it was all the seniors win. My man Daniel uh threw me a lob. I was going baseline. I just caught that and just threw that joint. So that's why I <laughs> said that was my favorite dunk. <laughs> Here's the other real question I've got. That's gonna have you uh, have to recall a memory. How old were you the first time you beat your dad one on one? Oh man, I have a I have a little bit of a story about this. So I was probably about thirteen or fourteen years old. We, I was in Florida with my dad. They were um, <clears throat> the house they're living in right currently right now. They were it was being renovated. They, they uh, tore it down. They built it back up from scratch. So we were staying at this other house, and so. Um, we were playing. We had brought the portable hoop over. We had, we were playing. First game, I beat him. Beat him by like one. You know he's mad at this point. It was best of three. We play again. He beats me by one. So at this point, we're both mad. We got one more game to play. So we're playing this last game, and um, I'm it's tie game. Game point, win by two. I mean, and I had the ball about to make a move. All of a sudden, my dad he's like ah. He's like, ah, ah, my God. He's talking about he's cramping up or something. He's not able to move. And he walks off the court. I walk off the court. We haven't played against since then. So I'm going to touch it up as a, as a W for myself. Play with suspended, Cole. <laughs> Play with suspended six years ago. That ain't never coming back. So I was reading a, a, an article in the New York Post about your trainer. Chris Brickley, and he talked about the fact that last summer you were in a gym with Donovan Mitchell, Trey Young, D'Angelo Russell to see the type of work ethic those guys have. What did you take from those experiences with those guys, and how much have you continued to stay in touch with those pros? Um, I actually didn't really get the chance to be in the gym with D'Angelo and Trey, but I was. I got to get a, a full workout in with Donovan and really got to pick his brain after the workout. So that 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 was one of those experiences that I will never forget. Just especially with being who Donovan is. He's just an all star at this point is someone who was who was flew under the radar, especially coming out of high school and really just made a name for himself when he got to the NBA. So it was probably it was really one of the best experiences I had in my life, just being able to pick his brain. My mom was there too. She was able to pick his brain too. And being another dude from New York area, it was just, it was awesome to be able to get that workout in. Yeah, Cole, you mentioned being from New York City, growing up there, you're back there now for quarantine. I'm from White Plains, a little bit outside of New York City, um, grew up as a basketball player there. And obviously we know about the culture of, of New York City hoops. Um, just what was it like growing up as part of that New York culture um, seeing Madison Square Garden and is, you know, suiting up whether for the Knicks or another team and playing in Madison Square Garden. Is that something you thought about yet? Um, Yeah, the thought has definitely crossed my mind. It would really, it would be cool to be able to get to play in front of my family, play in front of my little brother. Definitely wouldn't be, wouldn't have anything to complain about if that would happen. But 
I, I would just be blessed to be able to be drafted by any team. So, really, the ice not my choice at this point. We, we still don't honestly know when the draft's going to be. So, I'm just trying to stay ready in every way possible. But the Knicks, that, is, that, would, that would be all right. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> cool. And um, just to get to know you a little bit more, fans – off the basketball court, any any special talents you have? Maybe, I don't know if you've picked anything up during quarantine that you've been had some extra time to do. But what's what's kind of a hidden talent that some of the fans may not know about you? Let's see, hidden talent. Um, hmm. Man, that's a tough. I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't really. <laughs> Consider, I don't really consider myself. You're focused on the game. Yeah, but uh, wait, I, 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 let me give me one. Second. I'm sure I can think of something. Um, I'm sure you got or anything new you've been doing during quarantine. I know some people have been cooking. I tried to, but never works out too yeah, well. I, <laughs> I tried. I tried to cook too. That didn't go so well. I made some pancakes. Me and my cousin, they did not turn out too well. But I tried again. Those good. But I say probably my. Uh, I'm pretty good on TikTok. I don't think everyone is made for the TikTok scene. I think I'm made for the TikTok scene. Oh, okay. I haven't seen your account. What are some of the videos yeah, you've done? Let's see. There's some dancing videos. I, oh, so that's what I found. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty solid dancer when it comes to <laughs> being choreographed already. Pretty, I'm doing doing pretty good with those, but... um. Yes, that's what I'm mainly doing right now. I have my little brother on TikTok too. He's seven years old and he's obsessed with it. So we got to check it out, John. I'm I'm getting on TikTok this afternoon. I got to check this out too because I, I can learn something. <laughs> I can learn a thing or two from this. You Cole, have a lot to learn. I have plenty to learn. I have plenty to learn. The the one thing I've learned is though I have a similarity with your dad and that I've cramped up during basketball games too. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone through I've gone through that plenty of times too. Cole, I'm curious here because I know that you've talked about the fact that this is part of life, right? That there's always going to be people, whether it's basketball or not, that have doubts about someone. And in this case, yep. there are people out there who might have a doubt about Cole Anthony because of the yep. meniscus injury and because of some of those ups and downs of the one year at Carolina. What do you say to a doubter? This is my, my only word to a doubter is that you know, you're not gonna find me in the prospect in the draft who's gonna work harder than me. I'm I'm like I may not be the best player, I may not be the most talented player, but no one is going to outwork me and I, I can guarantee that I will live in the gym, I will live in the film room and it's I'm keep working. Like I'm keep working every day to get better. This, 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 a lot of people get to the NBA and just like, man, I made it. No, you, I, I did not make it. Did not make it. There's, that's just the beginning of the real work starts. Cole Anthony, a top NBA draft prospect and an example of doing good also in the world right now. I know that this process that you're going through, you want to make your dream come true, is certainly on your mind, but I give you a lot of credit for what you're doing. I understand that you've donated food to hospitals and tried to help those on the front lines. And, and that just is, it really speaks to your character and everything that you're doing. So uh, I know those people mean a lot uh, to you during these times. I'll give you the chance. The floor is yours before we wrap up. What are your thoughts on just 
as a New Yorker, those people right now that are out on the front lines and uh, the folks that you've helped out at different hospitals? Um, yeah, so especially being in New York, as you mentioned, I really got an opportunity to see firsthand the struggles that a lot of people are going through right now. And the fact that we have all those, um, all the medical workers, I was uh, putting their lives on the line every single day to help us, to help people like us who really don't have, that who don't have any other options, who have to be cooped up in those hospitals and stuff. It's, it's, it's really give me the opportunity to, to really sit down and think, like, what can I do to help these people? So I got a chance to do an Instagram live with a few doctors from Brooklyn Hospital and really pick their brain. And so I was able to learn that just especially delivering those meals is one of the few things we can do because we're not literally at the hospitals is a great way to help boost their morale. Being there, they're in their work in long hours. They're the people who, who are working the most right now out of anyone. So that, I figured that was one way I was able to help. And any other, I just look for any other way to really try to help. I've done a few food drops, planning on doing a couple more, just really trying to help in any way I can, really trying to do my part, especially at these community hospitals who depend on people like us in the community to help. So whatever I can to help is help try to put a smile on these people's faces, I'm going to do it. Mature beyond his years. Cole Anthony. Cole, best of luck with the NBA draft process and to your family. Stay safe and healthy. Thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you guys so much. You guys stay safe out there too. Great to talk with Cole Anthony. And Kim, I was impressed by his maturity. Have heard a lot of really good things about the kind of person he is. There are obviously questions about the player that he is because of the way that the year at North Carolina went. But the fact of the matter is this. You could get injured at any moment, and and that's something that, that people, I think sometimes they say to themselves, okay, he, he shouldn't have come back and uh, from his meniscus injury, and he shouldn't have kept playing at North Carolina to finish out the season. I don't know. I, I consider it a testament to this guy's character that he came back, he finished the season. He didn't need to finish the season. And look, he averaged a triple-double at Oak Hill, a highly regarded high school program. This is a kid to me that is mature beyond his years. He has it in him to be a great player, and he talked about playmaking for us and his passing ability. I think if he's there past five, you need to take him. I don't care what your need is as a team because there's some people talking about how this kid could fall, and I think he's absolutely worth a draft pick. Yeah, I, I agree, John. I think his his maturity came across very strongly just in our interview and different things he's done, um, his character. And I think it's, it's genuine. I don't think it's, Oh, let me turn it on for the interview. Um, I think he comes from a really tight knit family, um, had a great upbringing and we're seeing that maturity. We're seeing his character. I was really just blown away by how important it was for him to find a way to get involved in being able to aid during this pandemic in New York city um, he's got to be what 19 years old. There's a lot of there's a lot of 19 year olds sitting at home on their couch playing Call of Duty for eight hours on end, um, and they're not worried about the NBA draft. So for one, just to have so much downtime and to know that you know probably the number one thing on his mind is his future. 
he kind of pumped the brakes and said, hold on, you know, this is important to me. This is where I'm from. This is where I'm back now. How can I help? Um, so the fact that he's been involved doing that and risking his own health and the health of his family by going into the hospitals, um, to donate food and to organize certain things. And he said, he's, you know, thinking of doing more. Um, so I really commend him for doing that. And I also liked what he said to you at the end, just, um, his work ethic and how nobody's going to outwork him. Um, I think that that's a quality that a lot of head coaches like to hear a lot of teammates, veterans. Um, that's what they want to hear. That's the type of person that they want to bring into their locker room, um, to share the court with. So I was really impressed by a bunch of stuff he said, John, and, and I think you're right. I think the, the maturity and the character is there undoubtedly. As a Knicks fan, do you see a potential cape on the back of Cole Anthony as the hero New York needs? Uh, <laughs> I, th- I wouldn't want to put that much pressure on him. <laughs> Because because there's a there's a lot of a lot of things that would need work as a, a lifelong struggling Knicks fan oh, here. Come John. on, Kim. We got to you know, there's a lot to be done. And I wouldn't want to put that much pressure. If if LeBron James wanted to come to the Knicks, I would gladly put that cape on him. Kevin Durant. <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to put that cape on Cole Anthony. He would be a tremendous piece, but they they need to figure a lot of other things out. Um, but that would be pretty cool for him as a New York City kid. Um, to be able to get that opportunity. What would you be willing to give for a year <laughs> or two of LeBron James? Because this, this is that's my follow-up question. I'm really curious to know what a Nick fan would be willing to oh do, give for a year or two of LeBron James. He's not going to go play in New York. There's absolutely zero oh, percent. No, I'm not but saying did, that's he did, you know, it angered me. We'll get into the last dance a little bit. But last night while he was watching and they were showing, you know, some of the heated Knicks Bulls playoff games from the from the early mid 90s. LeBron James tweeted, there's nothing like playing in Madison Square Garden. Like, come on, LeBron, yeah, that could have been you. I know, I know. Um, but that just like people love playing in Madison Square Garden. Um, so back to your question. I don't even you know what? I'm not going to answer that, John, because it's not it's not going to happen. I just I just want the Knicks to make the playoffs. I don't know what I would give for that right now. Um, but you, you know, you've had your LeBron day in the sun, a couple championships March 5th, 2008. <laughs> March 5th, 2008, 50 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds, 4 steals in a 119-105 victory over your New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers are on the winning end. Wow. You just pulled that up. You have too much time on your hands over there. Come on. I went through my Cavs database. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the last dance, I thought episode seven and eight were the best of the series thus far. In the end, episode seven, every coach of every team in America should play that motivational inside the mind of Jordan speech. And what? And it's not just basketball coaches that, should play that it's companies because he showed what it took to be the consummate leader, to be an incredible leader. Like when I watched those couple of minutes back, it made me want to like be an athlete again and just like work on being a leader and being a competitor. Like I just, I wanted to get out there and play again after hearing that. Um, I think that was probably the, the most powerful few minutes of the documentary so far because modern day Michael in his interview 
while he was trying to describe what went on in his brain, why he was wired the way he was, why he pushed his teammates the way he did, it actually moved him to tears because I think, you know, I don't, people say, why, why did he cry? And maybe we will never know unless he says it himself. But I think he knows that he may have received criticism for being a, yes. a bad teammate, for being too hard on people. And we saw some of that in last night's episodes, but it all it all came around to why he was like that and and why his teammates got better and why he could eventually put his teammates in places to make big time shots to win championships. Um, so that was just incredible. And then, you know, the the emotion that came with the lo- tragic loss of his father. Um, it was there were a lot of emotions last night. So there's two takeaways I have from Sunday night's episode. One is. Terry Francona, as his manager in AA, is absolutely wild. The odds of that actually happening and taking place have to be slim to none, and it happened. Terry Francona, who's now the the manager of the Cleveland Indians and a great skipper still today, he ended the the Red Sox curse, he was Michael Jordan's skipper back in AA. And the only reason why Michael Jordan was in AA as opposed to single A or another short league season at first, was because those facilities, those teams, they couldn't handle the amount of media relations they'd have to do. So he went straight to double A. And Kim, the fact that this guy hit over 200, and I I think it gets taken for granted, folks. Terry Francona tells it like it is. I I can speak personally as an Indians fan. I have always felt that Terry Francona pretty much speaks his mind, and that's what makes him so good. He does things his way, whether you like it or not, and he stands by it. He said, word for word, that if Michael Jordan had kept going, he was going to be a major league player. He was going to get a call-up. I mean, Terry talked about the 13-game hitting streak right off the top for Michael. Then Michael struggles mightily, struggles a ton. Then he learns how to hit curveballs, and he was on the pace to get to Major League Baseball. And who knows what would have happened from there. But just the fact that within a year, this guy was was being thought of by his coaching staff, that he could reach the majors when they had young prospects who weren't doing half as much as he was, there's such a different fitness regimen. There's such a different everything from going from basketball to baseball. And Jordan struggled transitioning back to basketball, a sport he had played so well, as opposed to baseball, which he hadn't played since he was growing up. I I mean, are you kidding me that that transition happened as easily as it did? It could have crashed and burned. And Sports Illustrated wrote that it did. I'm going to sit here right now and say the fact that he was hitting over 200 in and of itself is a testament to how great of an athlete this guy was. My other takeaway from this is, Kim, there are combinations in the history of the NBA that have produced greatness. Michael Jordan does have his regrets of how he treated players at times. The Steve Kerr incident comes to mind. Steve Kerr, the nicest guy, and they got into an altercation that was all created by Michael. Having said this, think about this. Steve Kerr, Scott Burrell, Scottie Pippen, and him were on the same page. Um, several Dennis. others. Don't Dennis. Dennis. 
Well, and Dennis was crazy, but MJ and Dennis <laughs> had an understanding. They just did. Who who was the foreign player that my mind is is totally escaping of that came over? Um, oh, Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc. His comes his off- son was a player at Penn when I was there. Marin. How unassuming! How unassuming, Kim? Does Tony Kukoc come off in this? Like, it, it's he, it, <laughs> when yeah. Like, I I actually said this to my family last night when you're watching modern day uh, Kukoc do his interviews. Like you, well, you obviously can't tell how big he is really height wise when he's sitting down. But I was just like, I would never imagine this guy was like a tremendous <laughs> NBA player. Just watching him and his his accent, he's very funny. He and and he he basically says I hit a couple of game winners that season. Yeah, Tony, you were doing it at the highest level of basketball. So my point is, in in, in a documentary where Jerry Krause is getting totally totally torn to shreds, and look, the start of episode seven says it all about the breakup and whatnot, and he goes at Craig Sager, which is just terrible. Um, this roster, the way it was constructed with attitudes and personalities. And it's a credit to Phil Jackson for keeping them all together. They had some genuinely good guys on that roster. Today in the NBA, any story in season is that goes off the court, that goes away from a gamer's all, Kim, is created by drama. Who Who's not playing? Who's holding yeah. out? Who's mad at who? What feud's happening? There could have been so much more of that. If the Bulls played in 2020, there might be more of that because the era that we're in with social media, everything's on video. But Phil Jackson kept things together, and Michael Jordan had the perfect group to hold to the maximum accountability level that made it fitting for him to draw greatness out of those guys and produce six championships. And this documentary, heading into its final Sunday, has matched... Michael Jordan's level of greatness. And you know what? That's what it was going to take. Credit to the production team. Because if you're going to get something approved by MJ, you better be at the top. This documentary is absolutely at the top. Wait, how about uh, another takeaway from last night real quick is poor Gary Payton the glove, one of the best one-on-one defenders of all time, Seattle Supersonics, he, you know, in the one of the NBA finals, took it personally. He was going to stop Michael, did a good job for two games. And then, of course, what has been has become popular in the documentary, the producers show Gary Payton, modern day, talking about what a good job he did on Michael in those two games. And Michael just lost it laughing at this clip. I was like, come on, give poor Gary Payton a little bit of credit. Someone needs to check on <laughs> check on Gary today and make sure he's great. doing okay. He, he goes the glove. <laughs> I never had any problem with the glove. And the glove is, oh, you man. know, all fired up. He, Jordan he was shut him feeling up. And himself. By the way, our producer, Mike Lieber, brings it up. The roster for the Bulls was built twice in two mm-hmm. separate MJ eras, and it was built superbly. Another episode of Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams in the books. Thanks again to NBA draft prospect Cole Anthony. Highly regarded. Look out for his name on the mock boards that are coming out. Thanks, Tim, for spending some time with us. Thanks also to our producer, Mike Lieber, as well as Bruce Bernstein for all of their help. Ben Wolfen edits the show, and we always appreciate his contributions. Please check out our other Pure Hoops media shows. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong drops each Wednesday. 
On Thursdays, Monica McNutt swings by with buckets, boards, and blocks. On Friday, it's the Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong, who was a big part of those episodes last night, John. He's teamed up with Eric Newman. That's the Pure Hoops podcast on Fridays. And then the Mike Y Show drops each Monday. As always, John and I always back with you on Tuesdays with Full Court Press with Fanta and Adam. So please check them all out. Download them. Give them some love. Give them some ratings, some reviews. Most of all, enjoy them. So continue to stay safe. Follow the guidelines. We are hopefully starting to... Little by little, get back to some normalcy. But we will see you next week for another edition of Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.